Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Visser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. This week, we're diving in first to the Securities and Exchange Commission's recent proposal to update the definition of qualifying venture capital funds. As a background, certain venture capital funds with less than $10 million in capital contributions and uncalled committed capital are excluded from the Investment Company Act of 1940. On February 14th, the SEC proposed an increase to this threshold to $12 million. The SEC is currently soliciting public comments on the proposed amendments, and interested parties have 30 days to submit their feedback. After considering the comments received, the SEC will then decide whether to adopt the amendments as proposed or make revisions based on the feedback. If adopted, the amendments would then be implemented according to a timeline determined by the SEC. In other SEC news, the Small Business Capital Formation Advisory Committee will be meeting next week to discuss various topics, including the state of the IPO market and the accredited investor definition. The accredited investor definition refers to individuals or entities that are deemed to have sufficient financial sophistication and resources to participate in certain types of investment opportunities. Individuals qualify as an accredited investor based on certain financial or professional criteria, such as meeting a net worth or income threshold or holding certain licenses. Entities can also qualify as an accredited investor based on meeting certain criteria. The committee will discuss possible recommendations to this definition, which is a continuation of the related discussion from the November meeting. The committee will also discuss the state of the IPO market. After a surge in IPOs and SPAC transactions in 2021, there has been a sharp decline in 22 and 23. Speakers will discuss their views on the IPO market, how the current landscape will impact smaller companies, and the related challenges with raising capital. This meeting can be viewed online, and the agenda is available on the SEC's website. Next up, some of you may know that the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or FinCEN, which is a bureau of the U.S. Department of Treasury, has a new beneficial ownership information reporting requirement, which went into effect of January 1st of this year. This BOI reporting rule is meant to enhance transparency and prevent financial crimes. It primarily targets businesses like LLCs and corporations and requires certain small businesses to report information about each of its beneficial owners that own or control at least 25% of the ownership interests of a reporting company, with certain exceptions. Some businesses are exempt from the BOI rule, including publicly traded companies that meet certain requirements, many nonprofits, and certain large operating companies. New reporting companies created or registered after January 1st of 2024 will have 30 days after receiving notice of their creation or registration to file their initial BOI report. Existing reporting companies have until January 1st of 2025 to comply. If changes need to be made to previously filed reports, a reporting company has 30 days to report on that. If you have no idea what Adam just said, then this is your PSA. And actually, the AICPA just wrote a letter to the leadership of the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee on behalf of you to give small businesses a reasonable chance at compliance. They expressed serious concerns about small businesses who are simply unaware of this new reporting requirement. 
the AICPA has asked that the BOI rule be suspended until the small business community is considered well-informed of their requirements to report BOI information to FinCEN and the outstanding questions by the financial professionals who service this community have been answered. They also previously recommended increasing the amount of time that a reporting company has to make updates or corrections to their previously filed reports from 30 days to one year. More to come there. So moving along, let's look at an update on the international standard setting stage from the IASB. The IASB has been working on a new standard expected to become IFRS 19 relating to subsidiaries without public accountability and how to reduce their disclosures, particularly in complex areas. Their goal is to simplify the preparation of an eligible subsidiary's financial statements by allowing it to apply group accounting policies in preparing its local financial statements. This means the eligible subsidiary would no longer need to maintain two sets of accounting records or reconcile group and local accounting policies. They are still moving along and gathering quality checks, but have decided to push the release from April to May this year. And we're ending today's episode with a sustainability story out of Malaysia. The Securities Commission of Malaysia has initiated a consultation process regarding the adoption of the ISSB, the International Sustainability Standards Board Standards, developed by the IFRS Foundation for mandatory reporting requirements for listed and large companies. This move aligns with the establishment of the Advisory Committee on Sustainability Reporting and the National Sustainability Reporting Framework for Malaysia. Yeah, the ISSB was launched in response to global demand for consistent sustainability disclosure standards and has already been endorsed by various jurisdictions across the globe, including the UK, Canada, Brazil, Japan, and South Korea. The consultation seeks feedback on key implementation issues of the ISSB standards, including scope, timing, transition reliefs, and assurance-related matters. Proposed timelines for adoption involve making the standards mandatory for main market listed issuers first, followed by ACE market issuers and large non-listed companies with specific reporting deadlines outlined. The consultation also considers additional reliefs and proposes a shift to mandatory sustainability reporting assurance, focusing initially on limited assurance for greenhouse gas emissions. The consultation period here is open until March 21st, 2024. And that rounds us out for this week. For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting, finance, and sustainability reporting, check out our other podcasts on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.